Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hi, Don. And our correspondent, Allison Trowbridge. Hello, Donald. <laughs> That's pretty good, Allie. You got it down I'm now. working yeah. on it. <laughs> it's, it's the newscaster voice is coming out. I've Allie, been practicing. you do today's interview with Two-Face co-founders, Jared Blandino and Jeremy Johnson, is that right? Oh, it was so good, Don. And well, let's be clear, the name of their company is Two-Faced. Correct. They are Two-faced. not Two-Faced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for Thank clarifying. You. I, make sure the I way read you introduced it on it, the page. I, like, and- yeah, these two-faced co-founders. The <laughs> <laughs> company is two-faced, yeah. and they are not two-faced. They're not two-faced. You know what? They're a fascinating story because they started behind the makeup counter at Estee Lauder. And fast forward to a year and a half ago, they sold to Estee Lauder for one and a half billion dollars. They sold to the company <laughs> that they, they were bottom-level employees of. You got it. That's really it's amazing. Unbelievable. But it oh, wasn't this skyrocket, as we know the plot points of the story. It wasn't no, the skyrocket to success. Not at all. They were always the outsiders, always pushing through, and just had this grit that they knew they would be successful. They believed in what they were doing. You've told me about these guys, and if there's a lesson to be learned, and there's many in this interview, it's that every story of success goes through highs and lows. Otherwise, it's just not interesting. Yeah. yeah. Not only is it not interesting, I'm just convinced, oh, who was I talking to? Somebody the other day who you know, was just going through a really tough thing and actually said to them, look, of all the really successful people I know, the ones who really make it and make it healthy have gone through this, yeah. this mm-hmm. kind of pain. Yep. It happened in the past. It wasn't the end. Yeah. It was what allowed them to become successful. Well, I've even said, I'm not sure I trust people who haven't gone through. Yeah. Struggles. Well, really, and not, I mean, not, not it's, that they're, it's they don't have ethics. It's no, just it's like just, you got to live and learn that yeah. stuff. Yeah. The people who've been through it and come out the other side and continue to forge ahead, those are the people I want to link arms with in the journey. Yeah. Like they inspire me. And I know that when those tough times come in the future, they're going to keep going with me and not yeah. give up mm. either. We interviewed Damon John and I actually talked to him about it. He lost everything once. And I asked, is that part of why you're so successful mm. now when something was taken away from you or your vision was lost? Did it make you double down on your fate? Hmm. You know, I'm going to believe. And it happens to these guys, too. That's why we're talking about Completely. it. Completely. And, yeah. you know, it got him to this place today. You would think you sell your company for that much and you just kind of kick back, right? They're yes. As hu- <laughs> 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 On a boat. On a boat. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they are as hungry as ever. Work that hard, is awesome. Harder than ever. And they will say, they're like, we hit the top of the mountaintop. Like, they're as high as you can go. And they're like, we're still going. And we're mm. going higher. Wow. Because they so passionately believe in their product. I mean, this is a big deal for you guys. Jared was the first person to invent glitter eyeshadow. <laughs> that is a big deal. <laughs> okay, it's not a big deal for you guys, but it's a big deal for me because that's what made my junior high years worth yeah. going through. Okay? That's awesome. But really, At the I roller mean, skating rink. Yeah, Every roller oh skating gosh. rink is sponsored by glitter eyeshadow. By glitter eyeshadow. But no, they have such deep conviction. And for them, the makeup product is just to enable how they're making women feel. They mm. want to make women they feel re- what they, and that's confident another thing. and beautiful. You know, I say this all the time in our workshops. You're not selling what you think you're selling. Yeah. You're selling how it makes people feel yeah. most of the time, even if it's a financial product or plumbing equipment, right? And they know that. Exactly. It's an excellent point. And to the degree, I mean, you'll hear in the episode, but Jared starts talking about just getting the color of foundation to match for, for certain women who can't find foundation. And mm. he's almost brought to tears because of the impact that has for them when they suddenly feel like they can, you know. And it's legit. 
it's legitimate. Yeah. It's so it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best things you can do in terms of self-help is just go get a good haircut. I'm just convinced. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. convinced. Like it's, it's way more simple than we actually think it is. We're making this complicated. Go get a new tie. You'll feel great. <laughs> Words to live by from Donald Miller. That's my, my book. How to make something of yourself. Buy some new clothes. Get a haircut. Anyway, I don't want to wait any longer. Jared Blandino and Jeremy Johnson are not Two-Faced, but they run a company called Two-Faced, and Allie sat down with them. Allie, wonderful conversation. Here it is, Allie's conversation with the co-founders of Two-Faced. Jared and Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, good morning. <laughs> it's so good to have you guys on here, and it's so good to be surrounded by so much pink. Right? It just invigorates the soul. I walk in and I feel like these are my people. These are my people. And there's glitter. <laughs> there's, there's glitter. Gloss. And lip glosses that are about the size of me, which yeah. is great. And this conference room is called Glitter. So it's the glitter room. Yeah. We know it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good day. Guys, how did you get into cosmetics? Oh my gosh. I entered the business first, and we entered through a really unique way called the mall. Wait, the mall, like is in the shopping mall. Yes, my last job was at the mall. Yes, yes. (laughs) So um, it really was just a complete accident. I was going to art school and teaching kids art and ended up getting a job at the mall for Estee Lauder, actually, and just immediately clicked into it. And I never felt so kind of in my element when I was out of my element. Does that make sense? Yes. I had no reason to feel as comfortable or as excited or as, you know, I don't know, just inspired as I was. And I immediately saw it as a new type of art. But I was doing art on real women and instilling self-esteem into them at the same time. And I just fell in love. So you were a makeup artist. I was a makeup artist at the counter level and then kind of worked my way up to being a proper makeup artist. So by the time we had created Too Faced, I had the makeup artist title, but on a retail level. And Jeremy, how about you? Had you always dreamed of going into cosmetics or did you fall Uh, into it? No. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, it, I think it just all happened by mistake or by chance, I would say. Myself and Jared, we've been together for 23 years. 23 fabulous, amazing yeah. years. <laughs> I mean, he sold my youth. I Best years sometimes. of his life. But um, <laughs> we first met and I was in actually in retail in clothing. And then he helped me get into cosmetics. And my first job was actually with um, Chanel. Then it was with Estee Lauder. But I like the business side of the industry. And then we... Well, even at the mall, you were a business manager. He had the largest opening day in the history of Estee Lauder when he went to Lauder. He opened up a Bloomingdale store here in Newport Beach. And he had set the record for the highest grossing day ever. He's just an innately, incredibly talented business person. He's like the, hmm. the most talented businessman I've ever met. And it just is something that was born into him. And I'm all creative, so... We, we kind of balance came, each other out. Yeah. You but finished each other's sentences. Well, yeah, it's been 23 years. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> we work well together. Like, I can never do what Jared does. He's so talented. And throughout, you know, the 20 years that we've actually been in business, I just let him do what he does creatively mm. and it always works out. So I think we have a mutual respect for each other on the sides of the business that we Absolutely. Managed. And we created Two-Face two years after we met. So wow. I was working at the mall when I met Jeremy. You know, of course, we're kids. We're like, you know, in our early 20s. And where do you work? You work at the mall or whatever. So he got into it. And we just, I just felt like there was something missing within the landscape. Like I worked with real women buying 
you know, makeup, but there just wasn't anything that celebrated the fact that it was fun to be a girl. Mm. And it all seemed so intimidating at the time. And through just trial and error and destroying every tester in the department, I created all these kind of glamorous little concoctions that I would send my clients home with, you know, in little taco cups. Because no kidding. Like if you came in and you were yeah. going to an event, I would like chop up a Chanel blush and mix it with an Estee Lauder <laughs> lip gloss and do all this crazy stuff. Wow. And you would have to buy eight things, but I would turn it into one thing and send it home in a little Tupperware container. And, um, <laughs> you know, until security caught me and said, you're not allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> did they really? Yeah. yeah. They did. I would literally have you buy it. I would take it home your purchase. Yeah. I would melt it in my microwave. I would chop it up and I would bring it back and you would come pick it up the next day. No way. And I got caught. So I was like, I'm like, I got a business here. I'm selling like, <laughs> you know, I'm selling gangbusters. Why are you mad? But yeah, they frowned upon that. So <laughs> that's when we kind of first decided like we've got something to say and we want to do wow. something different. And through that process, we created the first glitter eyeshadow ever. And we thought we were going to do it on our own. First of all, we thought we were be able to mix the concoctions in our home. So we went yeah. to, this is before the internet was available to everybody. Oh. So we went down to the Newport <clears throat> Beach Library to, to get chemistry books because we thought we were chemists now to actually really? try. Yeah, we were going to actually make the stuff in our home. And then we learned that wasn't going to happen. So we ended up finding some manufacturers down in um, California. And I think it was all meant to be. But like, this God, is like where tenacity us. comes in. Yeah, tell me about that. When we found out where labs were, yeah. we called up and we said, listen, we work for Estee Lauder. We'd like to meet with you. We did not say <laughs> oh, at the mall. No. So no, I'm sure they thought we were corporate. <laughs> and we went to you know this amazing lab and we started creating these products. And I don't think it was till like three or four months into the process they realized that we worked at the mall. Because I'm like, listen, I have to go. I have a shift. And they're like, wait, what? You know, but in the corporate offices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I work at Saks, honey. I gotta go. You know. We it, did drive the Toyota Tercel down my car. Yeah. We parked it off site so they couldn't see what we were actually driving. Really? Yeah. But we spent all our money on clothes because we got a discount. So we looked fabulous. Oh, good. We dressed the part. I was we like, in, you know, I had to tell Gautier. So we looked and, the part. And nobody would get, actually give us a um, business loan because we tried to do a business plan and go to a bank and so forth to try to get a loan. Really? And they sort of laughed at us. They did laugh at us. I mean, I was 22. I didn't mm -hmm. go to college. Oh, I went for a semester, then dropped out. And we decided just to do it on our own. And we had, I think, got a lot of charge cards. Jared did. We charged $250,000. And our what? parents thought we were crazy for yeah. doing this. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then we came out with like 30 SKUs, like 10 eyeshadows, 10 nail polishes, and 10 lipsticks. So you guys at this point, you were locked in. You're like, we're doing this. Oh, we were this. still working our full-time job yeah. for Estee Lauder we, while we were doing this because we had to pay the bills. We wow. believed in it though. Like failure was not an option. The idea yeah. that the world didn't want it was not a reality. Like, of course they wanted it. Of course this would be successful. We were not prepared for the journey no. We went on, but in the end, you know, we have been more successful and have been more blessed and have done more than we ever, ever dreamt of doing. I can't imagine the world without glitter eyeshadow. So who wants to all, live in that world? <laughs> thank you for that contribution. My but, pleasure. But honestly, what gave you guys, I mean, you talked about tenacity. How did you know that you were going to be able to do something that hadn't been done before that the market needed? And like, what made you say in you, we can do this? I just feel like that's something I think a lot of very successful people share. And it's just this true belief that the world needs it, the world wants it, mm. and that it's a mission that you're, you're on that you don't have a choice. Mm. You have to see it out, you have to see it through. And there's an excitement and a joy and a fear 
and it's like a roller coaster. Like, yeah, it that, was a roller coaster. I mean, but I think like the journey was amazing. I mean, I, I don't think we ever thought sat back and said, "Oh, we're gonna fail." Like, no. I remember our second mm. year in business, like we shipped like our largest order out to this company, this department store back in Boston, and it was like a half a million dollars. And to us, that was wow. like. That was a lot at the time. Right. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. We're like, yeah. oh my God, we yeah. need fixtures. We did this whole thing and then they filed bankruptcy. We're like, <gasps> no. Like, and then they, they took all the products. So it was like, I mean, it was Wait, like. Wait, so you didn't get paid half the No, no we didn't get paid for it. What? But this crazy. is where prayer but comes in. Is, yeah. Because honestly, we pray a lot. We believe in God. And that's like when you're on your knees and things look absolutely impossible, wow. you give it to God and a window will open or. You know, something will happen and you just have to keep going. Like you just, you have to get up and you have to keep going. Failure isn't an option. In fact, you learn more from your mistakes than sometimes you do your successes. So they're all gifts in the end and they all make sense because when we were dealing with what, $50,000, $500,000, you'll be dealing with $500 million tomorrow. Yeah. And you learn those lessons early so you don't repeat them when the stakes are even much higher. Wow. You know? Yeah, but those felt like really high stakes at the time. Oh, yeah. You oh, think- yeah. I don't think we ever felt like we were... I mean, there was always times like we got a little nervous, but I never once said, oh, this isn't going to work out. No, really? Like we've never, never once have we ever said that. Really? We, we no. did like, you know, it wasn't easy. There was a lot of times you don't eat and you don't sleep and... A lot you know, of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Everything, every cool. moment's yeah. make or break, though. You know when you're yeah. building a company, and you, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to understand this. Every move you make feels like it's a do or die or make or break. And sometimes they are, but you just have to keep going and you have to do your best. Another thing is that I've learned that you can't just do it for the money. You need to do it because you have something unique to say. You have something mm. unique you know, to give. You need to leave a mark. You need to do something different, and you need to leave the world a better place than when you entered it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Completely, like yeah. you have to have something to say, yeah. something to offer that no one's ever said or offered before. Otherwise, why do it? Yeah. Well, I think the reason which we haven't actually spoke about, but the reason that we decided to come up with two faces because so many women, you know, back in the days, this is where Sephora really wasn't in the market yet or Ulta was that big. So many women were intimidated to go to a makeup counter to get mm. their makeup done. A lot of yeah. women, like, you know, the people at the makeup counter, their arms are crossed and they, a lot of women feel judged and right. so forth. Right. And I think by being a gay guy in the makeup industry, they were sort of like, you could be sort of their gay best friend and they're not going to be judged yeah. as much as if a woman was behind the counter. Yeah. But when you put a woman in a makeup chair and you start applying makeup to her, the confidence that, that you know, you see in a woman, you know, their shoulders, you know, they start to yeah. like, you know, sit up taller in the chair and their shoulders go back and they mm. have that like, that glow about them, like that is the reason why we started Too Faced. Is that like that. that lipstick, that you know, that twenty dollar lipstick or that you know eyeshadow or something gives that empowerment that women can go and conquer the world. And of course, you want to make money. Of course, you're motivated. But it was you have to about that. Something more has to motivate you because yeah. when things look impossible or you know you're up against like a giant wave of pressure, there has to be something else that drives you. Mm-hmm. There has to be a light. Yeah. That drives you and pushes you forward. And it can't just be money. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right. And I think that's why you guys have been so phenomenally successful is that you've built a brand that stands for something that's bigger than makeup. Exactly. Which I would love for you guys to talk to me a little bit about that because I think part of the power of Too Faced is this brand. I mean, you you guys have created a cult following around this brand and it's so consistent walking into your offices. I feel like 
I am in a two-faced eyeshadow palette right good, now. Good. But, but it has this joy and this dynamism. Yeah. And, and was that intentional? Did you guys set out with that vision or did you feel like it came organically? No, it is what it is. Too Faced has always been an emotional brand. Mm. We want you to win. You buy a piece of Too Faced, you're in our gang. Like, yeah. we're going to root you on. You know, I don't want you to be someone else. I want you to be the best version of yourself. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So f my hope is that you'll feel the most yourself in our brand. That Too Faced is a cool girls club that we're going to embrace you in. Whether you're a girl or a guy mm. or you're cool or not or you're totally into fashion or you don't know what you're doing. We're going to wrap our arms around you and together we're going to lift you up and set you off. And we're going to expect you to do great things. Hmm. When you look good and you feel good, you, hopefully you'll do better. You'll be kinder. You'll be stronger. You'll get that job you deserve when you look in the mirror and you feel awesome. Or you won't take crap from that guy who's not treating you well. That you'll realize that you're deserving of more. And I feel like when you look in the mirror, it does motivate you. Yeah. As frivolous as that sounds or as meaningless as some people might think, you know, beauty is when you look in the mirror and you see beauty or you feel good and you see something that, you know, your shoulders go back and you just stand a little taller, you're motivated to do better. Completely. Yeah. We'll be right back with the rest of Allison's interview with Jared Blandino and Jeremy Johnson in just a moment. Listen, is it hot where you live? It's hot in Nashville, Tennessee. A little too hot in July <laughs> and August. And so we are hitting the road yeah, to we cooler are. weather. People are like, oh, it's so kind of you to go out and come closer. We're not there for you. <laughs> We're not there for you. We're there because it's yes. too hot in Nashville. And we, we always go Nashville. to a temporal climate. Guess where we're going this year? Where are you going? Seattle, Washington. I have never been. You have got I to go. Know, I know. Oh my I goodness! Know, no, I you're know. coming. You're Holly, coming to you the come workshop. Up? Come up. Okay. It's in late July. Yeah. We're going to be in Seattle, Washington, home of the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Mariners, Puget Sound, I'm Pike sold. Market, the Space Needle, the sold. Underground Tour. Have you ever been on the Underground Tour? I've not tour been in on Seattle? the Underground Tour. It's amazing. It's uh, actually. I won't give it away, but basically, they had to build the streets up about ten feet. And then they left shops underneath. What? Oh, and yeah. so you actually can go underneath the city. And it's the tours are led by basically stand-up comic wannabes. And so you just kind of like <laughs> follow these people around kind of in this. Some of it, like they say, is haunted. It's really cool. So you're under the streets where now the old city used to be. Wow. And you can go do a little tour. One of my favorite on the cheap. Here's one of the best things to do in Seattle. In the evening, do a sunset ferry over to Bainbridge Island. It's a 45-minute ride. Don't get off the ferry. Actually, you have to get off the ferry and you have to get back on. And then do a night cruise back and watch the Seattle skyline close. It costs you 10 bucks, and it's one of the best things I that love you can Seattle. do. That's why Betsy married me. I took her on the sunset <laughs> cruise when so, I was writing a book on Bainbridge. It worked. That's the strategy. Come to the conference. <laughs> Meet a girl. Take her on the cruise. Get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely. Well, we are going to be in Seattle. You can go to storybrand.com and register for a live marketing workshop. Not only will you get to enjoy Seattle, you'll get to clarify your message <laughs> yes. and create a marketing strategy that will work. It will get you back all your money for your Seattle vacation if you stick around an extra few days. Also, you got to go to Canlis Restaurant while you're there. Yes. Uh, if you go back to one of the early interviews we did on this podcast, Mark and Brian Canlis, I think, run one of the finest fine dining restaurants in the country. You might not want to mispronounce oh, I a, remember a that wine because it will cost you a used Hyundai. <laughs> Just order cocktails. Otherwise, you'll get out of there for about 150 bucks if you don't <laughs> order wine. It's an amazing restaurant. We're actually taking the whole staff to Canlis while we're there. It's going to be awesome. We would love to see you in Seattle. Best thing about Seattle, 
probably going to be about 80 degrees and sunny and almost no humidity. Perfect. Perfect. If you need to get out of the heat <laughs> where you're at, or if you're in the Seattle area and you yeah. just want to drive over to the workshop or Vancouver, BC, Portland, Oregon, or Spokane, Washington, or Boise, Idaho, right there in Seattle, that's where we're going to be. Register today at storybrand.com. We'll see you in Seattle. Jeremy, talk to me a little bit about the scale that you guys experienced, because going from literally being in your garage crushing up makeup to being the size that you are today, that's a big management shift, and you've really figured it out as you've gone. What's that Have like? we, though? No, just kidding. <laughs> no, you want me to tell you? I think like we always try to make sure like we're staying true to who we are. Like, yeah. That's the most important thing, is that you know even though the company's getting bigger, you know it's crazy where we are today. I don't think we always look back and reflect on it. I think Jared and I still feel like you know we're in our apartment struggling to try to get to the top, even mm. though I feel like we've done a pretty good we're job. We're like a garage, we feel like we're a garage brand, but we're selling out stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a great even, analogy. Like, even the way he's talking about it, <laughs> yeah. we are like at the very tippity top of the mountain. Like we've, Too Faced is one of the largest, most successful cosmetic brands in the world, but mm. we don't think about it like that. Yeah, We think about it like it's a movement, like it's a family. Do you know what I'm saying? And you can't rest on that success and you can't believe all the great stuff because we don't want to rest in the fact like we made it. We're yeah. still on our journey yeah. and we're still fighting our way through to change the world and make it more beautiful and make it better. Hmm. I've met a lot of very successful people and I, some of my friends happen to be, you know, some of the like biggest stars in the world. And I think the thing that separates those kind of people from people who just kind of feel success and retire they never really feel it. They're always searching for the next thing. They're always motivated and excited about the next thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like climbing a mountain that you never get to the top, but it's a beautiful, fun ride. So this is an interesting point. I actually, the book I wrote is all about this concept mm -hmm. of you never arrive. Because I used to think when I was younger that I was going to wake up one day at 35 and just kind of be this finished product yeah. and be done. Yeah. And done. Have a, right, yeah. right. And I love being around you guys because you're still hungry. And was it maybe two years ago you guys sold the company to, was it Estee Lauder? Yeah, we sold the company for almost one and a half billion dollars. Um, to the company you used to work to the, for To the only company, the, the only company I ever worked for. Wow. Yeah, it's a trip. Wow. So, I mean, that's where God has a plan and he can dream so much bigger than you can. It was never ever an idea or a dream to sell Too Faced for more than anyone else has ever sold. You understand, like, these right. weren't goals. Right. We were just in it, and we were doing the best we could. And there were times we didn't get the respect of the industry. There were times we weren't invited to the award shows, or we weren't nominated. You know, we had to fight for the respect. We had to fight for our place. And I think it made us okay being the rebellious brand on the side that just mm. started a movement. We didn't want to be a part of the big machine. Yeah. We wanted to recreate what it was to be a cosmetics brand. We wanted to make it more personal. We wanted to make it more meaningful. And we wanted to make it more empowering. And through that and other companies like Too Faced, we created a new industry. Like We changed what the cosmetics industry was into what it is because it's a much more personal, meaningful thing. And I think with social media, it changed it because we got to get closer and we got to talk to our fans and we got to... Yeah experience each other and what we do on a much more intimate platform. I love that you raised the point of social media because I think that's one of the areas where you guys excel more than any other cosmetic brand that's out there is you actually have a relationship with your consumers and yeah. you communicate with them on social media. 
Can you give advice to listeners who maybe are looking at social media and not sure how to deploy it or engage it? What's your philosophy? You know, it's just incredibly important that you stay authentic and you stay true to who you are and you engage in a really meaningful way. These are incredibly talented people out there doing amazing things. And for me to be able to be a part of that movement, it just fills me with gratitude. Mm -hmm. So it is much more than a tool. It is what our industry has become, and you gain relationships with amazing people. Like Huda is one of my dearest friends, and she is one of the most successful social you know, beauty stars on the planet. And she's created her own brand, and I'm so thrilled for her, and I'm so excited. We're all in this together. Right. Do you know what you're I mean? not looking at someone like her and saying, oh, you're my top competition. No. no. You're in celebrating fact, her. I don't think anyone needs to fail for me to succeed. And that's a philosophy that we spread throughout all four or 500 employees. No one have. needs to fail for you to succeed. No. And that. don't look behind you and to the side of you to see what other people are doing. Stay focused on what you're doing. Do the best you can do and you will be successful. If you keep looking behind you or looking around you at what other people are doing and saying, you'll never change the world. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? You have to do you. I heard Oprah talk about this a long time ago when she was like, when all these different talk shows were coming up, she said to her team, don't worry about them. Don't look at them. Don't feel the pressure to get trashy or to, to follow what you think success is. You stay the course. We stay us, what we believe in. And ultimately, that's how you become the most successful. That's mm. how you change the world. Mm. If you become a me too or you worry about a temporary kind of glitch within your business. And there are some of them. Sometimes you see like shit, like the trash is winning or negativity is winning. Those are temporary. Yeah. And you must stay the course and you must stay authentic to who you are. And that's how you stay successful in the end. How do you guys build a culture? Because how big is your team now? How many employees do you have? What's global? I think we have like over 500 employees. There's more than, there's more than that. Like in a, is that America? Yeah. I don't know. Who the hell knows? <laughs> See, that's another thing. Like, I also don't want to know all those numbers because I don't want to feel it's more comfortable for me to feel like I'm still fighting my way out yeah. than to realize that we are at the top of the mountain. I still want to feel that climb. I still right. want to feel that. I feel like I need to push against something. Yeah. Because I'm so used to fighting my way through to trying to get my fair share. Because we've had a fight. I think you and I feel that we've had a fight, you know, for respect with the getting into retailers and, and making sure that we're a serious makeup brand that we just want to have fun through our whole mm. careers with yeah. Two-Faced. That's why we feel that we're like on the hamster wheel and we want to fight and we want to win and we're never going. I don't know how not to fight. Yeah. And I don't know how not to be competitive. Yeah. And I don't know how not to want to win. Yeah. And I think that's just in me. And I feel like I'm so grateful for our success, but I have a billion other things I want to do. And that's what I'm focused on, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you guys feel like the rest of the industry kind of gave you the side eye when you came in? You know, I don't know if it was a side eye, but I think brands like us, like Urban Decay, you know, other brands who really fought to change what the cosmetics industry was. I do think a lot of traditional brands, I think a lot of the way the industry was back in the day, yeah, we were maybe written off as frivolous or fun or crazy or kooky. Well, because I think we're in an interesting time right now where it's there's so much opportunity to disrupt these very kind of age-old industries and we've for new players. We've already done it, boo. We're there. <laughs> we've disrupted and we've won. So, you know... What a successful brand today is, it looks like Too Faced. I mean, that yeah. is who we are. And the more traditional brands are looking to us to see, 
shit, how do you do this now? You know what I mean? It's, it's about being inclusive. It's about being rebellious. It's about being true to yourself. It's about it's having about something to say. Too. That's yeah. all it is. Like being authentic. Always, like, we always try to be authentic. And as long as you're authentic, the customer knows you're authentic. And you just you stay the course. You know what I mean? And that's what I think we've done mm-hmm. and that we continue to do. And I think gratitude is a huge part of this. When I walk into the house that we built together, when I look at some of these amazing things that we've been blessed with, or I walk into this building, and to see how beautiful it is and how huge it is. I'm overwhelmed by gratitude. I don't feel a sense of like, look what I did. Hmm. I just feel like I'm so grateful that I get to be creative every day, that I feel so privileged that somebody out there would spend $40 of her money on a product that I made. I've done that. Do you know what I mean? I know. (laughs) I don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. And we just feel an enormous sense of responsibility and gratitude towards our customers and our retailers to do the best we can, to push it forward. You know, this isn't makeup, it's a movement. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we're going to change the world together and we're going to make it more inclusive and we're going to make it more beautiful and we're going to lift you up and make sure that you know you are loved and you we're rooting for you. And now go change the world for the better. Hmm. Be kind, be strong, okay? Stand up for what you believe in and be nice. Hmm. Help a sister out, help a brother out, you know? Yeah. Give back. Can you talk to me about the actual process of developing a product? I'm so curious. Walking past, I saw this whole area of product development. And you talk so much about creativity being a part of the business. Mm -hmm. How do you get an idea and then bring it actually to the marketplace? Well, the way we run Two Face, I think, is unusual and unique within the industry. We created this company without going to business school, without working for other big brands. So I think we're a little unique in the way we run. It's a bit of a magic formula. It comes out of like Jared's head. Like, really? like about the themes, like, you know, if it's a certain theme or if it's a product or so forth, again, it's about being authentic to like the brand and to Jared. And then it's a journey. Like, it's so funny. So our Christmas collection every single year, it starts at one journey, like at one theme. And it, throughout the four to five month period, that theme has completely evolved into something mm. completely different. Mm. So it's like a creative journey. I've also yeah. like trained theme. my brain. When I see a plate of food or a building or a chair or a chain or a light bulb, everything in my brain goes back to how I could use that wow. in a creative way to create something. Do you know what I mean? Like I feed myself visually, but it all goes through my brain to come out as a product. Mm. And I feel like you need to train your brain. You need to sharpen the tools that you've been given. If you're born with an amazing voice, that's a gift that you were born with. You can learn how to sing to a certain <laughs> level, but you can't be a Whitney Houston. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you sharpen that tool or you don't. And I was blessed with a creative brain and I've learned how to sharpen that tool. Mm. And I've also had to give up a lot of other things and able to allow my brain to constantly feed itself creatively. I don't know how much groceries cost. I don't drive myself places a lot of times. I've learned at the level I'm at with the amount of pressure, I had to give up a lot to keep this muscle, this creative muscle strong and, and growing. Yeah. So I have like one huge Popeye, like muscly creative arm. <laughs> and then I have a weird little like dangling appendage of a real life arm. Like yeah. I don't know how to pay bills. And I gave up a lot of normal stuff yeah. so I could allow my brain and my heart to always kind of be in this creative process. Yeah. Does that make sense? To always stay open and emotional, to always stay open. Yeah. And sometimes creative people will understand this when you keep your heart and your mind open 
you can get hurt too through mm. it. You can get, it's emotional. Mm. And you have to learn how to get strong and to be able to write it. Yes. Because being open and staying emotional and wanting to do good and wanting to do better and wanting to make sure everyone feels loved. That, you know, in our, in our foundation category, it's so important for me that every single human being out there, guy or girl, from the palest to the darkest, no matter what ethnicity you are, no matter what beautiful mix you are, there is a foundation shade that will fit you perfectly. Mm. And it's not because I want to sell you foundation. Mm. It's because I want you to know you are seen and you are loved and that you matter. And I realized that I couldn't do this on my own. So I've reached out to like my friend like Jackie Ina, who's this incredible beauty social star who knows you know, the nuances of, of what makes a great foundation for darker skins. And I asked her to help me. I brought her to the table. I want to do this right, mm. you know, and it's emotional. And when I found, I was actually in a meeting where I discovered women of other countries, of other ethnicities, their whole social standing can be made or broken on their look, on whether they look greasy, shiny, or clean or mm. not. And it actually made me cry. Like, it just was heartbreaking to hear that a girl who couldn't afford proper skincare, who couldn't afford to find the right makeup, would be judged and doors would be closed to her based on that culture's interpretation of her. It infuriated me and it broke my heart. And so I set upon this journey of doing this right. It's so much more than makeup. Yeah. It's a movement. It matters to people. It's how they see themselves. Mm. I am not motivated by money. Yeah, I, see I am that. motivated by doing this right. I'm motivated by winning. I want you to win. Did anything change after you guys sold the company? Or no. You, you think it would. <laughs> I, we've never worked harder. I've never really? been more tired. Really? No, because I just feel like I got wings and I can wow. fly higher and I want to do more. I feel more responsible. I'm working freaking harder than I've ever worked. Listen, I know people who've sold companies and they go off and they sit on a beach and they rest yeah, and they work one day the a yacht. week. Yeah. I didn't do that. We didn't buy the yacht. We didn't buy the yacht. Nope. I don't want the yacht. Wow. I like what but I do. But that energy and spirit is so alive in the company as a result of it. Seth Godin told me about this Swahili greeting called Salubona, which means it's how they greet each other and it just means I see you. I love that. We all want to be seen. We all want to be seen. And that's, that's what I think it. is so beautiful about your company is you've used makeup as a tool to see people, to make them feel you seen matter. and known. You matter. Listen, I grew up as a gay Christian kid in an Italian family who was super creative. Like, Nobody got me, yeah. but they loved me. Yeah. You understand? And I grew up always pushing against what was expected of me because I didn't want to just be that normal prototype that all my cousins were and all the other boys were. Mm. And I wanted to live in a cartoon. Mm. And I believed my teddy bear was alive. And I believed that, do you understand? And I stay true to that thing in me that feeds me to this day and that lets me see the world through these rainbow colored glasses. Mm. And I feel like it's so important if you're different and if you're not the average Joe, that you're the magic one, man. You're the mm. one that's going to change the world. And don't take the safe road. Mm. Take the road less traveled. It's a lot more freaking fun. It's harder, <laughs> but it's a lot more fun. Don't succumb to other people's expectations of you. Be the best version of yourself that you feel inside you. Best advice for any business leader. You guys, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, we love you. We love you. And <laughs> love I love you your book too. and I love everything about you. So, you know, it's our privilege. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. 
That's fantastic, Allie. You know what? I have to confess something. Yeah? After I did that interview, they gave me a bag of probably $500 worth of makeup. I'm wearing the eyeshadow right now. No joke. Can you see that? I I really, I wasn't aware that there would be so many perks to Yeah, I really, you should have sold me on that. Stick with us. (laughs) I'll take you places. Glitter eyeshadow. Here we come. It's funny, Allie now handpicks which interviews she wants to do. You're like, I would like to do an interview with Rolls Royce, please. uh, Dunkin' Donuts is on my list. No, but I, I really, I left so inspired by their story. Yeah. I mean, it's how can you not be? I love their hunger and I love their deep passion for what they're doing. And that's what really carries you through those troughs and valleys yeah. to get to a place where they are today. And I love that they're still going. Yes. All right, there you go. My new book, Building a Story Brand, is out now. It'll walk you right through the Story Brand seven part framework, help you clarify your message and grow your business. And it comes with free, amazing software. The book will lead you to the software. You'll be able to enter information into the software and you'll look at your brand message on one page. You will never experience as much clarity as the moment when you look at your brand and you say, that's how I'm supposed to talk about it. Go get the book, Building a Story Brand, today. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's new record, Dive Deep, on Spotify or iTunes today. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to sell $1.5 billion worth of makeup.